We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, this is, this is, this is. Heat, heat beat, heat beat, heat beat. With Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. With me today, co-founder Brian Goins, once again, staple of the show, once again. Uh, it's it's I, it's funny because I mention this every time and you went through a hiatus of no shows and now you're like on all the time. And I mention it every time. Like it's new. Uh, we have Heat Twitter president, Mr. Alf. Hello, sir. God, I was worried. I thought he was in there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? And don't, don't call me sir. You know how this goes. I'm Bozo. You're and Overlord. Course, You're the Overlord. Yeah, I'm, I'm Overlord. And the special no, guest. You, usually he introduces me and doesn't expect me to say anything. I did last time. Up. I change it up every time. I got to keep you guys oh. on your toes. It well, depends, listen, depends on my... You got to give me a memo before I... <laughs> we got to show prep this. <laughs> For those of you who don't know in the audience, we don't do any show prep. The kind of Everything goes on and we kind of wander. Unscripted. Unscripted. And today, another person caught in our web of nonsense, Joy Taylor, joining the show today. Good evening, Joy. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. You're on in Miami again, or kind of. This is the internet, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think I'm on in Miami every once in a while now because I do a, a Saturday show on Fox Sports Radio, and I think uh, I think WINZ picks it up when they don't have uh, Panthers or something else going on. You're syndicated. Our Panthers are on QAM, right? Yeah, uh, that's right. I, they're on 560, I believe. That's a question yeah, for Yeah, I can't keep track. I think I know the heater on 790. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what I know. Uh, to, well, to start, I w- can can you tell us like what you're doing at Fox Sports? And you you've left Miami, you've ventured off into the West Coast, sunny, sunny, LA. 
Um, right now, we're still in the process of developing a daily show that I will be on on Fox Sports 1. That's basically what I came out here for, uh, to work for Fox Sports 1 and do a daily uh, opinion-style show. So that will be coming down the pipeline soon. On the uh, radio? No, television. Okay. Television, yes. And uh, and I recently started doing radio again with Fox Sports Radio um, syndicated uh, on the national network on Saturdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on the network. So I do that. I do a show with Mark Willard. And uh, yeah, so that's what I'm doing right now. How many women have syndicated radio shows other than Sarah Spain and Prim Serpapad? I don't know. Maybe the... I don't know the the young lady who hosts with Cowherd. Are there any other? I think Beetle has a show now. Does Beetle have a show now? Yeah, I think Beetle. Um, Amy Lawrence does uh, a show for CBS Network, I believe. Um, Anita Marks. There, there, there's a there's a few of us. Not not enough, but there's but why? Few. But I don't think there are any women that do a weekly show Monday through Friday, right? Or at least during normal hours, not 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 counting nighttime. Not that I know of. No. Why do you think that is? I, that, well, I mean, there's there's lots of reasons, various reasons why women aren't uh, so prominent in sports radio. One is I think a lot of women get pushed into television initially. Um, that's, I mean, that's the direction that people have been pushing me for a long time. But I really like doing radio. I like the freedom that it gives you to talk and have a personality and, you know, get your thoughts and opinions out in a more free-flowing form. Television can be very restrictive with the the hard outs and commercials, um, depending on what kind of form of show you do, it, it, it's a little harder to get your opinion out. So I, I really like doing radio. So I think that's one reason why a lot of women kind of get pushed in or, or just want to do television. So radio is, is maybe considered like a step down, which, which I disagree with, but, um, that could be one reason. Another reason is, you know, women in this business generally kind of immediately get pushed into, like the sidekick role or the the host role, like oh we have this great show, uh, let's get two guys that have opinions and like let's have a girl ask them questions. And that's kind of like that's kind of like the format, you know. <laughs> so it's, a yeah, lot it's, of, it's the formula, right? That a lot of uh, shows go, um, and you know it, it, it's kind of. I, I mean, I don't I, I don't want to knock the business. It's been great to me, and I've had the ability to work with with lots of great encouraging. Uh, men so i've been lucky in that regard but i but i think you have to kind of stick to your guns too so uh there, there's lots of reasons but it, it, it's changing it's, it's just changed. it's something i've always found interesting about how and specifically about the daytime thing that it's only men doing syndicate i mean i don't even know any women that do a local show i haven't heard any i mean you were you were one of the only ones and now amber wilson on in the mornings but it, it, there's so few and far between that it's a little, at least to me, it's a little startling and, and seems a little bit unfair. A lot unfair, rather. Well, you know, the, it, it, it is what it is. I try to not get too mad at the system. Um, there are definitely benefits to being a woman in the business as much as there are, you know, as, as, as much as it can be hard to be a woman in the business, there's definitely benefits too, which, which I definitely play to. So I, I can't get completely mad at the system. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just, like I said, you have to stick to what you want to do, you know, and not let people pigeonhole you or push you into something that is not really the direction that you want to go in for your career. And that's, that's not really limited to women. You know, men also kind of can get pushed into things that they don't want to do just because it's an opportunity and, and the business is kind of crazy. So 
I always just tell people, you know, just just stick to stick to your path, you know, and don't don't like jump on the first opportunity necessarily just because it's something that's offered to you because it might just completely derail you from what you want to do. Alf, you're raising a finger. Well, I'm trying. This, to isn't, this isn't this isn't class. You can just. See. No, I'm trying. I'm well, trying to <laughs> listen. After my last podcast, I really have to oh, turn no. the line. All right, I, I'm not trying not to curse this time. I'm trying not to berate anybody. But one of the things I wanted to ask Joy is when she was coming up, when she was uh, trying to get into the sports broadcasting business, how many times did people try to tell you, no, uh, listen, honey, you should be in entertainment or you should do, you know, they wanted you to do puff pieces on uh, local news broadcasts. Like how hard was it to stick to, no, I want to talk about sports. Oh, all the time. And it, I, I mean, it still happens, but it's, it's like I said, you have to stick to what you think is going to be best for your career. And honestly, what people who are around you or people that you trust and people that have been successful at it also tell you to do, you know, one big change, not just in my career, but in my life was when I started taking people's advice, whose advice I should be taking, like people who know more and have done more and are successful, uh, sometimes the advice that they give you is really worth following. So, yeah, I mean, that would happen all the time, especially with local news. Um, you know, there, there's lots of opportunities around the country to do local sports news. Um, and I, I just, I never really felt like that was the way for me to go because I'm an opinion-based personality. And uh, I'm not, I don't consider myself to be like an analyst or reporter or journalist. Uh, you know, those are different titles for a reason. So, yeah, I mean, th- it happens all the time. You just got to stick to your guns. Well, you don't sound too annoyed by it. So I guess that's good, you know, for you that, that it's not, it didn't bother you too much. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, but... Uh, I mean, that's means. what I'm saying. I, I imagine it, and I've spoken to so many women in the industry, and it's it's just, it makes me, I don't have, not not that it gives me male guilt, but you, I feel for these women, and it's it's just incredibly unfair uh, what they have to go through and how a lot of people just don't take them seriously. And I think that's the part that makes me most uncomfortable. Well, don't have any male guilt. It's not your fault. No, I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying that, you know, you feel bad. Like, you're like you know, it's not fair. Joy, 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 let me let me let you in. Know I something. haven't said anything yet. No, you know, because you know, because you're doing it without doing it. I'm not doing, doing it. it. Listen, Joy, Johnny is a women's studies minor at uh, FIU. And he, I, he, he wants to tell you so badly. I don't want to tell you. No, because yeah, he brings it up every chance he, he gets. He wants to tell you, but I, he he's trying to go around it because we make fun of him about it all the time. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> you sound um, you sound a lot like Chris Whittingham. Whittingham gets caught into this web all the time, and I warn him not to go down the rabbit hole. Like whenever whenever something happens, like. Whenever a big wrinkle in sports media or, or media in general with women happens, Whittingham always runs to Twitter to like read what all of these idiots are saying on Twitter. Like when Jessica Mendoza did the first broadcast and all the guys are like, oh, this baseball is my baseball. I played the baseball. <laughs> and he's like reading what these people are saying. I'm like, Chris, like, don't waste your time, man. Like, I understand that you sympathize, but it's just going to upset you. I get and it really, it, you shouldn't get mad. I mean, it's, it's nice that you get mad. I appreciate that you get mad. But really, like, it's, it, it's, it is hard and sometimes it's annoying. But 
for me, I'm one of those people that looks at the situation and says, okay, like if this person doesn't think I can do it or this person doubts me or whatever, it's more fun for me to prove them wrong than it is to sit there and argue with them about why I deserve to be there. And I, I, I think there's a funny story with all this, and Brian can tell you this. When, when it was announced that, or when Barry Jackson reported that you were leaving the station, I, as a student broadcaster, took the opportunity and said, I'm going to apply to 790, and I, I sent your, the program director so many emails with my resume and sound clips. And then they ended up hiring Amber Wilson. Not that I had a chance, but it was funny how I've been advocating for women in sports media <laughs> for so long, and you know, the person that got the job I wanted was a woman. And I, I looked and I was like, can't even be mad. Yeah, that's um, that's what happens when you let women in the business. There's more people competing for jobs. I, 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 I helped up that better. cover letter and resume, yes. by the way. Amber's so much better at this than me. And, yeah, Amber's yeah. better than you. Amber would have talked sports by now and not just interviewed Joy about <laughs> women's issues in sports. <laughs> Do you, uh, did you, have you finished school yet? I have not. I'm, I'm almost done. Right okay, so that, that that's generally a big part of um, of getting hired. Uh, that it's a tricky part of the business is that everyone wants you to have experience, but they don't want to hire you if you don't have experience. And generally, people won't hire you if you don't have your degree. Catch twenty two. It's it's yeah, it's a really really tricky part of the business. It's, it's why I always encourage people to intern places because then you're kind of, you already have like your foot in the door, you know, and you're already in the building. The biggest thing is to be in the building. Like that's the best way to get a job, to move up in, in, in any aspect in this business is to be in the building however you can. So Joy, what is your advice for me? Because I'm old and uh, I'm not very talented. I'm kind of just a loudmouth jackass, which I think would be really good for radio. I mean, we tweet at, at Intercom every day. So yeah, I just like working. I'm just, I'm really obnoxious, but I'm old and I can't intern. I got kids to feed and whatnot. Um, so what what would your advice be just for me to walk uh, into the 790 studios and try to intimidate people? Just yell. I would not, I would not be recorded saying that that is a good idea. That is not a good idea. <laughs> not on record. <laughs> no, uh, not in any way is that a good idea. No, I think what you're doing is, is the best way to do it. You know, everyone really thinks that, um, that hosting a radio show is easy and it is not easy. It's like so not. you guys joking about not being prepared, like they're not like preparing for the show. Um, like when Levitard says that, that he's not preparing for the show, like he, he, he really does mean that, but like he also has a bunch of producers that do a lot of very hard work to make sure that that show is as comes across as unprepared, but like they're not, they're totally prepared. Like, it, it, it is a lot of work. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of pressure. And you have to have a lot to say. And really, you have to have what you say be researched, too. Like, we can react to the Heat game tonight and, like, throw a couple, like, little nuggets out there and, like, have a little fun banter back and forth for, like, five minutes. But then all of a sudden, five minutes is over, but you got to talk about the Heat for four hours. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? And so, you like, entertaining while doing it. Right. So, so really the best thing to do is to get reps in. I mean, like I started on QAM doing a Sunday night hour show with Josh Baumgard, like <laughs> years ago, you know, like, and, and like, 
I, I, I didn't, I wasn't under the impression that that was like groundbreaking radio, but it was important because it, it puts you on the spot. You know, you're on air and you know that your bosses are listening and you know, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, I, I've prepared more for those shows than I've probably ever prepared for a show with Zazlo. It, it's, it's almost over preparing so that you have material, but getting reps in is the biggest thing. So really like doing a podcast is a great way to start. And I'm now, I will, t- I will tell you this, um, and this is where I normally get our guests in trouble, but I'm going to do my best not to. <laughs> I will say that I didn't realize how hard it was to host a radio show till you left the morning show. And I was like, oh, my God, I miss Joy. Because it was, they. I mean, they had some fill-ins. Like I said, I'm not going to slander anybody. I see Brian getting nervous. You don't even have a dump button, Brian. So stop. <laughs> but no, the dump button is pressing I, stop in this recording device. I have. <laughs> I know. I will tell you that it was it, the chemistry of that show. What happened when you left? And like I said, I love Amber. I was doing hashtag Amber in the morning. Um, me and Fez started it. Like I really enjoy Amber on the show. But you leaving the show just showed me what can happen to a show's chemistry. And how difficult it really is to talk for an hour. I mean, not an hour, talk for three and a half, four hours about sports. Um, and, and, and like you're saying, talking about being prepared, um, the vultures that were surrounding the show as soon as you left, because, you know, it, there wasn't joy there to, uh, to keep the boys in check a little bit. It was it was just it was really eye opening to me. And I I just wanted to tell you that because I know I've been hard on you in the past and we've had our we've had our differences. Alf, you're mean. You're just mean to people. No, yeah, I we mean, got we got beef. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought we we squashed it. No, we squashed everybody it. hates you. We squashed it, but there was a time where like like when Izzy and Ethan had you on, I was like, What is this? Like he's mean to me. That's not how this works. Joy, but, but I, Alf gets all our guests by being mean to them. That's true. Yeah, but I'm on to Alf though now. I, I I'm on to him now, so he can't get he can't get to me anymore. He just does that to everybody, and it keeps working. And and people are asking me like, how do you get these people on the show? And I go, I don't know. Alf just yells at people, and it kind of happens. That is true. Alf is the one that got me to come on the show. Alf, no, Alf gets everybody. I don't do anything. Brian and I don't do anything. <laughs> I try to get Ray Allen's management to get us a player, and I haven't heard back from him in like three yeah, weeks. Yeah, hasn't worked. I haven't <laughs> heard back from him three weeks. Yeah, nobody emails back. Uh, but you, you, you got to tweet the mean, terrible things that mean things to Ray Allen. Yeah, and the maybe restaurant that sucks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Stuff like, but see, you know what it is? I think people appreciate my honesty, and I'm not even joking about that. Like Sedano, me and Sedano started off as an argument. And because he, I felt like he was ripping off Levitar and me and him started going back and forth. And eventually we came to an agreement like, okay, all right, you weren't ripping off Levitar and whatever. So we just started talking that way. That's how me and Sedano got cool. Izzy followed me by accident. That was, that was, uh, he he even said like, I followed you by accident, but I'll stick with you. Just don't mess up. And I was like, I I won't, (laughs) I said, I won't let you down, bro. And like that, and that's how that started. But I think people do, I, I do think people appreciate my honesty, or maybe it's just, listen, at some point you get so obnoxious, you can't beat them, join them. Maybe that's what it is. You just wear people out. I think, I think I wore Joy out. I really do. You don't, you totally did wear me out. You totally wore me down. I think that people appreciate honesty only when you are transparent about the fact that you're not trying to troll people. 
like trolling someone and being honest with them about your opinion are two different things. Like trolling someone means you don't really mean anything you're saying. You're just being mean because you have some sort of complex within yourself where you have to be mean to people that you have never met before in your life. That's different than just sharing your opinion with someone on Twitter. It's why I like Twitter because it gives you the ability to interact with people that you otherwise would never interact with. But trolls like ruin Twitter because it's it's so hard to sift through them and and like that's why I'll I'll retweet them sometimes like sometimes if you just put them on the spot they're like oh just kidding I really like the show like <laughs> all the time all the time <laughs> see yeah I would never do that you would retweet me I'd be like yeah that show sucks no but <laughs> no but. <laughs> Alf, we had people on our show last time and you called them an idiot and hung up on your own show. That guy was an idiot, though. That's not my fault. Okay, let's bring in. I would like to bring Joy into this conversation. And Joy, have you heard? I don't know how involved you are with with eTwitter, but there's kind of like this very small divide, right? So there's this little section off to the corner that thinks Riley's not a good GM. And Alf, being Alf, is really mad at them. And I'm kind of mad at him, too, because I think it's a silly argument. But their argument is that Riley liquidates all his assets and is basically getting lucky with Hassan Whiteside and drafting Dwayne Wade and um, Josh Richardson and all these guys falling from the sky. Right. So they've kind of masked his bad choices and bad contracts. And they argue this, that he's not a good GM, that Sam Hinkie's a lot better than he is, that Daryl Morey and Danny Ainge are a lot better than I mean, you hear that and think what? Well, look, I mean, this is what's fun about being a sports fan, right? Is you can talk about things that you really don't know much about and come up with tiny little fragments of facts and mush together an opinion. And like, that's, that's really what we do all day, right? When we're talking about sports. I mean, none of us know anything about being the GM of an NBA basketball team. Like we wouldn't know what to do. So for us to say like, Pat Riley's not a good GM based off of what? Like based off of what evidence? The two championships they just won, uh, the fact that they're in the playoffs, like what, 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 based off of what? There based are off the fact you lost LeBron James. Yes, yes. In in all in all reality, most GMs would not keep their job after losing LeBron James. Yes, that is true. However, I'm I'm really okay with the way that they bounce back and everything that's going on in Cleveland and looking at Golden State. I'm not even sweating it. Like I, I can't even I can't even hate watch them anymore. I don't even care. So, so I think that, I think like people that, that want to pick at Pat Riley, like they, they have some evidence to make an argument that he hasn't made all the right decisions. But I mean, you can't be unhappy as a Heat fan with the position that the Heat are in based off of Bosch and everything else that has gone on since LeBron's left. A lot of it is, is him giving out contracts to Bosch and, and to Drogic and trading picks and. And and that we all play the result that because they won, we're awarding him some sort of novelty of this great GM. Which uh, and Alf, I don't know if you want to jump in because I, I mean, look, you already no, look, I, you look angry again. I'm getting mad again. No, the, their biggest thing. I, I, first of all, I couldn't understand any of their argument. Like I don't know if the words they were using were too big, but I feel like I'm very verbose. Like I feel like I, I understand deep concepts. But like Joy was saying, like the 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 best part about being a sports fan is that the results are right in front of us. Like there's win loss records, there's championships, there's playoff appearances. Like it's all right in front of us. So you can keep sitting here and telling me that so and so is doing a great job. Okay, now all right. So Sam Hinkie did a great job. 
what are the results? I mean, what I see as the results of what Sam Heaney has done is abject failure. And you can't tell me, okay, going forward, they're in this really great position. Great position how? They have a, a, an injured center who, who can't get on the court. Uh, they have Nerlens Noel who can't score. Um, they have Okafer who can't defend. Uh, they have a bunch of journeymen. They've created a culture of losing and of misery. Uh, they've alienated their fan base, and the guy got fired. So keep telling me that this process is so awesome. Like keep, keep telling me, well, he had a good process. Okay, keep giving me, keep giving me your great process with crap results. Like I'll take the guy with the crappy process with awesome results. Like because whatever you call a crappy process is a, is actually working. And the thing is, a whole nuance of the discussion. Like different teams have different methods of team building, right? Uh, if you're in Philadelphia, like listen, if you're in Oklahoma City, you build through the draft. Why? Because nobody wants to go to Oklahoma City. It's a crap town, and like, no, like the only person who wants to be there is for some reason Kevin Durant. And we'll find out. Well, listen, like I said, people appreciate my honesty, Gianni. All right. So, like, the only person, the only person who wants to be there is Kevin Durant, and we'll see how long he really wants to be there. But if you're in Miami, like, you have more options. So, no, you don't have to lose for three years to try to get draft picks. There's other ways you could build a team, and that and that I guess that that was a crux of the discussion that I missed the point on because I started drinking and just started yelling instead of actually discussing anything. Well, the other part I found interesting was how they brought up the amount of picks that Miami and Cleveland has taken. And they use Cleveland as the example, and to show how Miami has not drafted any better than Cleveland, so they use a method to determine what is a hit over the last 20 years on the draft by a player who's been in the league over eight years. And the argument that Alf brought up, and correctly so, is that Cleveland has had three times as many lottery picks as Miami has. Miami's only had three under Riley, which was Wade, Karan, and Beasley. So Cleveland's getting all these good players at the top of the draft, and Miami's hitting on second-rounders and undrafted free agents. So there's also you know some some layers and nuance to this that I don't think were discussed very properly last time. Yeah, we're all yelling. Also, like Pat Riley doesn't care about the draft. Pat Riley doesn't hey. care about the Mm-hmm. Pat Riley doesn't care about that. If Pat Riley doesn't care about that, I don't care about that. Because here's the bottom line. Why why is college basketball really only interesting in the tournament? Why do we never heard of these kids until the tournament? Like, don't front and act like you you watch college basketball every night. You don't. You don't. The rest of the country doesn't either. They watch during the tournament, and they all pretend like they know who Buddy Heald is and everything about him, and he needs to go number one over Ben Simmons. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. So why, why is college basketball not interesting? Because they don't stay long enough. They don't stay in college basketball long enough. Why do these guys have to go to the D-League? They need to develop. They're not ready to come into the NBA, be NBA shooters, play NBA defense, keep up with NBA players. That's why Pat Riley doesn't build through the draft. He wants a veteran who knows what he's doing, who can who can plug into the Heat system and make the team better. Not here. Let me sit here and have to teach this rook everything that goes on in the NBA on top of how to play basketball in the NBA. And so, they, so an argument that Pat Riley, I can't even. I got. Please tell me we're not entertaining idea. Are you are you mad too? Did I? Are you, yes. you and I are mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't mind having a conversation or about something, but but when it's when there's just like nothing, there's no sense to be made of it. That's like that's a waste of time. Well, I agree it's, with you, but I just thought it was odd how how people vehemently defend this, and I I kind of and I I understand kind of where the is it like from? six people on Heat Twitter? It's yeah something like that, but they really really believe this, like like a lot. <laughs> 
Like they came on and they took a Sometimes you just gotta let sometimes you just gotta let people that don't know what they're talking about just walk around like they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, we did the opposite. Yeah, Alf. (laughs) Alf gave them the middle finger. Yeah, we spent over an hour (laughs) with them. Yeah. Oh no, I can't I can't listen. Yeah. Yeah, Joy, I basically, because we were all on Skype, so the whole time we were talking, I just gave them double middle fingers, because I feel like that was the most appropriate form on our of show. debate and perfect. Yeah, well, they were assholes, and the reason, and that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, like, like, what Joy is saying, like, if I was going to come on that show, I wasn't going to come on here with any reverence or any respect no, for what they were saying, to, because what they were saying boring. was complete nonsense. Yeah, and I, I told you before we did the show, this is not going to be a debate. This is going to be Real Housewives reunion, and I'm snatching wigs and throwing shoes. Like, we're, <laughs> I'm going to make a complete mockery of this, and I, I believe I did a really good job at it. Joy, as a moderator, I had no control over this beast. I mean, he just went, and he kept talking over people. I, I, had no, I was like a CNN moderator. I had one-liners. No <laughs> yeah, Brian, you too. We were just, we were helpless. We were just helpless, and Al ran us, Al ran us so- over. Right. So basically you were just sitting there because this, the, these, these debate moderators, they're, they're so useless. I, mean, I was, I, that was me. I was useless. I had to turn my, my video off because I was laughing at the stuff Alf and, uh, and our other uh, podcaster, Lefty Leif on Twitter was saying. I mean, like, I think he asked him, look at my face, dog. And he like pointed to his face. I, I had like, to look, he said, look at my face, dog, and tell me you believe that <laughs> like that. Well, like here's here's a little in like well at least for us a little little industry notes like what happens with the, with that person arguing something that makes no sense to anybody who is a Heat fan or who's watching what's going on with the Heat over the past say five years. Like we, I am not a big fan of taking phone calls on a show because you get trapped in a situation like that where you've just got this person who doesn't know what they're talking about just completely hijacking the airwaves and spewing their nonsense and, and it's like out of control. Like I have no problem hanging up on somebody. Like when, when, when people are tuning into the show, they're tuning in to hear me and Zaz and Romberg and Tobin. They're not tuning in to hear like, like, like Joe from wherever talk well, about why Pat Riley's not a good GM. So sometimes it's honestly just better to just cut people off. Like, yeah, like thanks, thanks for trying, but like, you know, maybe next time you can come with something hotter than that. But like in, in general, that's just that that that's too frustrating for me. I can't do it. I think no, that's what was in the train wreck, though, right, Alf? Like it was. That's what it was. No, well, it, that's what it had to be. Because listen, if we did an hour long discussion, like like Joy was saying but about there is the draft no discussion. No, that's what I'm saying. Like Joy is saying about the draft. Nobody cares about these college players. Like nobody really, nobody saw them play until the tournament, and then everyone goes and watches YouTube clips. Like, dude, I could put a YouTube video of me playing basketball. And and cut it up and make myself look halfway decent. Can you so do that's that? what, oh I I, do, I, I could do this. oh I'm gonna go. It would take about 28 hours of film to come up with 30 <laughs> seconds of bomb ass stuff, and we're gonna have to lower the rim to about eight and a half feet and and and, and a little not show rim. you know we'll use a LeBron yeah, yeah, little tights rim. <laughs> exactly, and we're gonna have to show different angles to make it look like I'm dunking on the 10 foot rim. But listen, I could do that. So that's what what Joy is saying, like. Nobody knows these college athletes. Nobody cares. So an hour-long discussion on the nuances of the draft, like, would have been the worst podcast ever. So what we did was not exactly the the. It wasn't Mozart, you know. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. But what it was, I, like I said, I was going to throw. I was going to make it a train wreck, and I think Leif and I did a good job. People loved it. No, it was. It was- 
But that's what I said. I said they came in expecting to debate George Bush, Jeb Bush, and they got Donald Trump. I was making faces. I was talking. I was, you know, I was saying nonsense. I was going to build a wall around the AAA arena and not let anybody yeah. in. Like, we, I just, whatever, dude. That's it. Was like Joy saying, it, 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 I was, I was taking calls and I was hammering Hank back in the day, just calling yeah. people an idiot and hanging up on them. Right. Like, but so there's nothing wrong with having a healthy discussion about something that can be discussed. But the bottom line is only one team wins the championship every single year, and it's not going to be your team every single year. And just because you don't win the championship every single year does not mean what you're doing is a failure. To me, if you're competitive and you're in the playoffs consistently and you have an opportunity to win the championship every year, you should win a championship every once in a while, obviously. But you're doing the right thing. They don't they don't give them out to everybody. Only one team can win. And there's so many things that have to break your way on top of being great that get you there. So I mean, look, everyone's not the Warriors this year. You know, like there's there's only one team that is as good as the Warriors, and that's why they're the Warriors this year. We well, had that we had that experience about of, of being great and dominating the NBA and, and time passes and people go to other teams and your body breaks down, like things change in sports. Well, talking about being competitive and where the Heat were and where they are now, Joyce, now that you're like more on a national level, um, what, is, uh, what are the perceptions of the Heat and the Heat's chances right now? Uh, like, I know how we feel down in South Florida, where we're scared of every team but the Cavs, which doesn't make any sense, but it's how we feel. <laughs> Like we like we, honestly, all we want is the Cavs, and like we it, it, that would be our championship, but. For for the rest of the country, what are what's the perception of what the Heat has done and what the Heat are going to do going into the playoffs? I think a lot of people nationally are confused by Whiteside. Like I think they they like watching him, and he has developed a lot, and he's obviously super talented. But it goes against the small ball direction that the NBA is moving with you know with Golden like teams like Golden State. So I, I think like. I think the perception of the Heat, and this is why all that outrage when LeBron was here was so phony, because the, nobody hates the Heat now. Like, you know, walking around like, God, the Heat, gosh, I just hate them so much. This is so hated. Like, no one cares. The only reason that people were mad at the Heat was because LeBron was there and because he left, like, little old Cleveland to come play in Miami. So that whole perception of Miami is definitely gone because what is there to hate about the team? Totally likable team. Everything about the Heat now is likable. Whiteside is likable. You know, he's he's passed that seems to have passed that kid stage that he was in for a while that was making everybody nervous. Like that's not the conversation anymore. So I mean, is the perception that they're going to win a championship? No, but I don't think that that should be Heat a realistic Heat fans' uh, perception either. Now the situation with Cleveland, I think, is interesting because Heat fan wants Cleveland. Does Heat fan think that they can beat Cleveland I in the think, series? I think. And from all accounts, from the people that are in that locker room, the people that cover the team, is that they feel like they can compete with Cleveland. And they have some favorable matchups. They can play. Uh, Kevin Love has to play. They, they, the way they defend Miami is interesting because they don't want Kevin Love defending Luol Deng and running around through screens. They have to downsize, which should help them. However, it's resulted in two blowouts uh, against Miami. Right. So, And the Chris Bosh dynamic changes a little bit as well, but... Cleveland has had problems with them. Luol Deng, they have enough perimeter defenders to throw at Irving and LeBron uh, in yeah. Richardson, uh, Winslow, Luol Deng. So they have some matchups that they can exploit 
better than any other team that's in that conference. See, I'm I'm a punk. Like I want Cleveland, but I'm scared. Like I don't want to lose to Cleveland. That would be horrible. Oh, past fans would be so annoying. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. No, like, could you like could you imagine losing to Charlotte and not even getting to Cleveland? Like that is what's like if we can't get past the first round and can't get to Cleveland, that's gonna be so hard to live down. That's the part that scares me. That's almost oh, why does the Charlotte team scare people? I think that's what kind of what he fans want. It's a Celtics scene that scares me. I think the Celtics Everyone scares me. Did you watch that Celtics Warriors game? Yeah, you... the Celtics are a feisty little team. I know Zazla's not afraid of them, but but the Celtics are feisty, man. Like they're they're not a bad team. It, it, look, it's it's the playoffs. It's going to be hard no matter what. It's not going to be like it was before, sweeping people, making it easy. It's it's not the way it's going to be. But to me, like getting knocked down the first round is obviously not ideal, but it's not going to be like something to live down. Like it's that's got to be something to live down. I- I think the thing that's going to bother Miami the most are quick point guards. They haven't had an answer for that. Uh, even Richardson has problems with quick point guards. So I think as long as they avoid guys like that, I mean, Kemba Walker is going to do damage against them. And like, that's why a matchup with Cleveland is a little better. Irving's an over dribbling point guard, which Richardson has a field day with guys like that. Uh, they're not as athletic as other I teams. I don't even know if it's just that. I just feel like when it comes, when it comes down to when Eric Spolstra has to uh, game plan to stop one guy uh, where, where you have ISO heavy teams and, and you have, okay, we need to do this for this guy, this for this guy. And there's a set game plan. He's one of the best coaches in the league. The problem with teams like Charlotte and teams like Boston and teams like Atlanta, there's no key guy on these teams. And there's nobody to key on. And these teams with a bunch of random scrub heat killers, even when they're not really scrubs, when they're actually just, I mean, when it's just a lot, when, when the scoring is spread out and there's a lot of ball movement and you just don't know where the, where the hits are going to come from, that's where it seems where the heat, um, where the heat struggle the most. When it comes to the Cavs, they know what to do against the Cavs. But like when you're playing Boston and, and, and now Jared Sullinger's going off, like, what are you doing with that? Just, just throw the playbook out the window. Like, the fat guy in the middle of the paint is just killing you. They have, like, three like, fat guys. Yeah, they got a bunch of fat guys. Like, how do you game play? Like, just, Mark like, that's what D out killed us. Like, you yeah. just naturally, you naturally don't guard the fat guy. <laughs> is that your analysis? <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just gave analysis. Playoff analysis of, <laughs> you don't guard the fat guy. What a hot take. Oh, and you mean it. I do mean it. You mean no, it. I'm saying you naturally don't guard the fat guy. The problem is these teams you gotta guard the fat guys. Evan Turner's like kind of chubby. Like you don't you don't expect like you kind of just lay back. Oh look at the fat guy, he's not doing anything. Boom, he hits a runner in your face. And oh shit, now what do we do? That's supposed just confused on the sideline. I think Sans Chris Bosch, what hurts them is the ball movement kind of I mean like guys teams like Cleveland, I saw a lot. And even the Bulls have and, and other teams like that, and, and the Pacers as well, they don't run a lot of complicated offense. It's not multiple pick and rolls and stuff like that. It's a lot of they run an initial set. If they don't get anything off of it, they run a simple play. And Miami can defend that easy, as we've seen. What they have problems with is Boston, these ball movement teams, because Miami likes to load up a lot on the strong side of the ball. So when the ball starts swinging and you have 34-year-old Dwayne Wade trying to close out or Joe Johnson or Goran Dragic, that's when the defense breaks down. 
So these ball movement heavy teams is what bothers them because of their perimeter defenders and because they load up on the strong side of the ball. Teams like Cleveland that ISO more and that really run less complicated offenses, they're a lot easier to defend. And without Bosch, that's been Miami's weakness. It's not the shooting anymore. It's not the offenses. They have problems defending at times. Mm. That's some great A analysis right there. Plus right there. I saved that. A, a plus. Only exclusive of Miami yeah. Heat beat. There you go. But Joy, Joy, what was what was more entertaining? My fat guy rant? Oh, or? of course. No. That's, well, wait, Joy. This is the problem I face. That's not fair, though. You need a little bit of both. You need a little bit of both. When when Zaz would nerd out hard on, on heat analysis, and it is like there's nothing going on, and he's going on about the heat like in depth for like ten minutes, and then you know Romberg and I come in with like fart noises. You know, you need both of it. You need both I'm, of it. I'm the fart noise guy. But that's what happens, Alf. Like I'll do a 1500 word manifesto on Hassan Whiteside and rebounding stats, and Alf writes a column yelling at people, and it's like massive applause. Way to go, Alf. <laughs> the Dwayne Wade stand article you wrote. I wrote like a 3,000 word Dwayne Wade article and like nobody cared. And Alf writes like a 400 word column and everybody's like, Alf, yes, yell at people. Yeah, well, I, just, I mean, yeah, I mean, people don't read. So words. You, you do that. Yeah. I have the best words. You, 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 people don't read. So you, you have to keep that in mind. But um, you need both. You need, you need entertainment and funny. And then you also need, uh, you need intelligent and actual analysis. Yeah. I do Every- want. Go. Every time I try to write a column and I and I look at your stupid basketball reference sites and I get stats and I try to interject them, I'm like, no, that oh was God. a disaster. Dude, I'm like, I'm writing a term paper, so I just, I just, and then even the last time I tried to use stats, Brian had to fix them all because I was wrong on everything. Even though, yeah. but my my overall my overall thesis was correct. I just didn't know how to read that stupid website. Yes, it came out better. Yeah, so. But my thing is, I just want to entertain people. Like, but no, Joy is right. You need a you need a mixture of both. Like, you need Haberstroh, and then you need Skip Bayless yelling off to the side. But fireworks. That's you. You need credibility, and you need entertainment, and and sometimes that person is both. But that's that's usually uh, that that takes a lot of time. So you got the right balance going. Speaking speaking of entertainment. I've I've really enjoyed watching Spolstra's reaction to Whiteside while he's on the bench. It's been hilarious. And I feel like it's a roller coaster of emotion for that poor, poor man. Like I feel so bad for Spo. Can you imagine Spo like being entrusted with, with the task of of Hassan Whiteside, just everything that Hassan Whiteside is and possibly could be and like trying to get him to buy into everything that they're doing and you know and convince him that maybe shooting in this particular situation is not the right thing like i wouldn't want that job and i would be very happy if hassan listened to anything that i said i mean they need like a tropical couples retreat vacation to get like (laughs) so that he can like ingrain things you know like a nice uh, romantic comedy of spo and whiteside on like some remote fiji island so that i mean it's it's I feel bad for him. Like he's he's there. I it was a high five the other day and he had to sit him down. And Jason Leisure told the great story on Levitard show that uh, Spo sat him down because he was missing some defensive assignments. And then the reporters go to Hassan afterward and they say, Hassan, you know, what what did Spo talk to you about? He's like, oh, nothing. He just told me to keep doing what I'm doing, blocking shots and dunking. <laughs> and they're like, Hassan, that's not what Eric said. No, no. Yeah, that's what he told me. It's, it's like, OK, Hassan, whatever you say, dude. 
<laughs> what are you gonna do? He's so great. He's the he best. So great. I the love best was, The best was the high five after an offensive rebound. Oh my god! Yeah. Was so and good. all he, all Hassan did was just was outlet the ball and not take a stupid shot over three defenders. Spoke calls yep. a timeout just to give him a high five from that. I thought that was like the microcosm of the entire season. Like Spoke could not have been prouder at that moment. And the best thing is. Everybody watching it as a Heat fan who watches every game noticed the same thing Spo just did. I know. Like, oh, shit. He's coachable. <laughs> like, we were all like, oh, my God. And you, you would think it'd be something that we'd all pass over, but it was such a big deal. So we all understood that feeling when Spo calls that time. I was like, yo, high five. Like thank, you for, thank you for doing a normal basketball play. You're the man. We grade him on a curve, like a massive curve. Well, that's the biggest thing with Hassan Whiteside. It's always been since he's arrived is that is he is he coachable? Like his all of his attitude problems and the things that kept him out of the league to begin with. Being coachable sounds like kind of a cheesy thing, but it's important when you have them people around you who are trying to get you to do a, a particular play or a system or or do something that instinctively you may think is a good idea, but is really not a good idea. Like that's. That's an important thing to have as a player, and it's good. That's why Eric Spolstra is freaking out and high, calling timeouts to high-five him to reinforce that what he's doing is the right thing. But you know what I feel? I feel like a lot of his public persona has done him an injustice because if you really think about it, the first problem that everybody had with Hassan was Hassan was fouling like a crazy person. I, I, I'm talking about going back to last year. He fixed that so quickly. Then it was the free throws, and he fixed that. And then it was the defensive assignments and just chasing blocks. He's seeming to fix that. Now it's the passing, which he's doing more of. He's fixing every the post-ups, the turnovers with the post-ups. He's fixing everything that's wrong as the season goes on without an offseason. And I think that his public attitude and his Snapchat and all, which I think is I think it's unfair that I think just because he has this public persona, people <clears throat> assign well, him qualities when no. in reality he's fixing everything. Well, that's it, the whole thing with the public persona is that the public perception of that is always going to go the way his game goes, right? So if he's funny and witty and on Snapchat and he has these great tweets and Instagram pics, whatever he does, um, it's going to be looked at it completely differently if you're winning, right? Because right now I'm laughing. I think it's hilarious everything he's doing. The second he starts going back to that same old song, uh, you know. But why chasing, do you why do you think he's going to go back to that? No, I'm saying if he does, all that public perception of what he's doing right now is going to go the other way. But it's just how sports fans react to everything. Like they're not allowed to be normal human beings. Yeah, but like, the media is doing it too. Because the media is because nowadays the media is a bunch of fans too. Like that—that's one of the—that's one of the biggest issues with the media right now. They're trolling Snapchat and Twitter for stories like we do. You poor, know, poor Ethan, man. Yeah, I mean, Ethan doesn't want to do that crap, but he has. Poor to. Poor Barry like, Jackson. That's what. What's that? Poor Barry Jackson. Yeah, well, the Kendrick Barry, Lamar. <laughs> Wait, what? He, Don't you remember the Snapchat? To decipher Kendrick Lamar lyrics. Who? Oh, Barry Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Very oh, he didn't sign up for that. Speaking of Kendrick Lamar, speaking of Kendrick Lamar lyrics, Joy, you need to call into the morning show okay. and and please talk to them about the music conversations. They have taken a decidedly 
um, how can I put this? More Caucasian turn. <laughs> since you let like all like they've literally talked about Pearl Jam for like a week and a half, man. Like I just need you to call in every once in a while. What what time do you think Joy wakes up? I mean, that show's on yeah. early. Yeah, first of all, I am I am a, I'm still asleep by the time that that show is <laughs> off the air. Um, but I listen to the podcast. But you know you know that the Pearl Jam conversation was going to dominate because. Zazzle has been looking forward to Pearl Jam for for forever. So you knew but, that was going to happen. But I feel like if you were there, you'd be making fun of it a little bit more. Oh, of like, course. It's, it's so nerdy. It goes to every show. <laughs> like, how many times went, have you seen the same band? Was it three shows this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, it's a well, lot. He went, went to all three? Yeah, he went and to one he, in, in Tampa, I think, right? You don't get bored? I don't. He loves it, man. Dude, like, I would go Zazzle to three Lincoln Park concerts. He, like, wait, isn't that, that the, the R. Kelly song? Like, when Zazzo loves, he loves for real. <laughs> <laughs> he does, man. Oh. Like, he loves the heat more than anything in the world. And he straight up loves Pearl Jam. Like, he loves him some Pearl Jam. But, okay, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not hip to that kind of music. But I feel like Pearl Jam is like, I, get, I feel like if you like Pearl Jam, like that's a cool thing in that, you know, in that, you know, that genre, like Pearl Jam is a hit band, I guess. I don't know. You guys have to tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he makes it so nerdy. Like, I feel like he turns something cool into like a really, really nerdy situation. I told you, man, Zazlo loves for real. He, when he's in, <laughs> he is all in. Like he's... He is all in. I like all kinds of music. I like everything, like hip hop, jazz, country, rock. The only thing I can't really get down with is like that heavy metal screaming stuff. Like I, I can't. I don't, that's not. That's not enjoyable to me. But pretty much everything else, I will listen to, depending J- on what. J pop. K pop. You mean? Uh, J no J pop. No J pop. There's J pop and K pop, right? I guess I get made fun of for playing J pop on my. Yeah, what is J pop? Japanese pop. I don't know that I'm, oh, geez, that I'm so hip. <laughs> Alva's face. I don't know if that's. Uh, I don't know any. Don't entertain it, please. Don't you entertain should, it. No, you, no. you shouldn't, Joy. You shouldn't. It's a life that you no, don't want. I know of it. I know of it, but that yeah, that's not my. That's not really up my alley either. It's not, but it's not a road you want to go down. It's a sad. Speak, life. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm not. I'm kind of like in the middle though. Like I'm. I don't love or hate anything enough to get emotionally involved to that point, which is kind of a, a, like a sad life to live, but it's, it really is hard. It's harder to, to really be in love with something and then get disappointed. Like it, it's why I like the dolphins have jaded me so much that like, <laughs> I can't even get mad about stuff that happens anymore. It's like, you've done this a thousand times. You're you know? used to it by now. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of nerdy joy, what do you think about guys who are into anime, Japanese, anim- what is it? Japanese animation? Yeah. What, what do you mean yeah. into? Like, uh, like Gianni is... Why are you making fun of me, dude? I'm not making fun of you. I just want to see what Joy thinks I of... enjoy Eastern storytelling. Sue me. <laughs> okay? I like the way the character-driven stories are. I like the way character development they write. But I used to watch, like, what, what was that show back in the day? Uh, Dragon Ball Z, right? Yes. Ooh. See, that is... That- that's shonen. That's shonen anime. That's sh- when she was when she was a child, Johnny. Okay, but there, there's very <laughs> mature like make, stories. Like I don't like to make fun of people for what they're into. <laughs> they're wonderful feats of storytelling. As long as it's legal 
And, you know, like you still get out every once in a while. I can't really get on people for what. It's just a hobby. I was making fun of you. It's bad. It's fine. It's fine. It's all right. I mean, listen, you have to understand people are probably going to think. Oh, no. But that's cool. I just just ride out with it, though. I take it with glee. No, what it is, is like we'll be having a normal conversation. And then he throws some Japanese animation GIF into the middle of it. But the GIF is relevant. No, but nobody knows what you're talking about. But that's dude. the point. It's, it's an octopus so and a girl. So it's not an octopus. Not, you make me sound weird, dude. It's never that. It's a girl in, in, a, in a school uniform you kicking. Think, you like, won't think anime's porn. Like, that's what it, it is. That's what you guys think it is. It's creepy, well, dude. But it's not. <laughs> How did you originally get into it? Do I want to know this? No, it's just I, grew, I like you. I grew up watching you know Dragon Ball Z. And then as I grew older, I learned of more adult anime with adult themes. Like, you know. I don't know. Porn. I, no, not porn. <laughs> uh, I just saw one about these musicians and them falling in love and themes of the show or why we play music, who do we play for, and it's like these, these lovely stories. Talk about or the basketball one. About, I saw a basketball one. I saw a volleyball one, which is a lot better. So it's just, there's different things. Hey, man, whatever you're into, as long as you get out every once in a while. I do I'm get out. Okay. And Alf, I keep telling Alf to come out, but he lives far. We can't watch a game together, dude. Yeah, I, live really I, far. I drink too much. And I can't drive back. I have your shirts, by the way. Well, at least, at least you're responsible. I, I got, I got kids, man. I can't, I can't be driving all over South Florida. Everybody Ubers what? around here. When Cali? Yeah, like I barely even drive anywhere. Everybody Ubers everywhere. Well, the, the traffic's awful over there, right? Yeah, the traffic is not cool. How it's... do you compare the traffic there to the traffic on the eight thirty six? Oh. Um. Well, I don't drive on the eight thirty six ever. Like. It's it's a matter of principle for me, um, so I really don't have to worry about that. Like I, I would never live in a place where I have to take the eight thirty six to get to or from there. And in general, if I have to go somewhere where I have to take the eight thirty six, I usually leave an hour earlier in anticipation of the eight thirty six. So it's really not a fair comparison. Like people describe the traffic out here. There's no public transportation. So it's, it's similar yeah. to Miami. Like everybody drives everywhere. There's no public transportation. There's no, there's no subway, you know, no train. So if you got to get somewhere, you got to drive. And there are so many people here in LA. There's so many more people in LA than in Miami that you, everyone is in a car. So there's just more cars on the road. Example would be that there are more, there are more accidents on the road. And just in general, is more congestion. So, but it's not that bad though. It's similar to Miami. Like I feel like the difference in Miami is people haven't accepted that there's traffic in Miami yet. <laughs> like every time I, 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 anyone's in traffic, and they're like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe there's traffic!" Like there's millions of people that live here. You're driving at five o'clock in the afternoon. What do you expect? There's traffic everywhere in any city at five o'clock in the afternoon. Of course, that there's traffic was, in Miami. That was such a great impression because that's everybody I've ever spoken to. That's yeah, like they can't believe there's traffic in Miami. It's it's an ongoing thing. Like, dog, there's traffic in Miami. There has been for years. It's really a thing. Like, just accept it if you're going to have to drive anywhere. For, like, if someone's like, hey, will you come meet me at 7 o'clock for dinner? Like, no, I'll meet you at 8 o'clock, <laughs> but I'm not meeting you at 7 no, o'clock. No, that's just how life is here. Yeah, but it's the same here, though. Like, the difference is here, there could be, there could be an insane amount of traffic on a random, like, Saturday afternoon because there's an accident and it blocks all seven lanes and then you got to sit in it. Like there's traffic, but there, there are worse things. You could live in worse places and have traffic. Okay. Really quick. Cause we got to get out of here. Did anybody notice that Andre Drummond, uh, laser shaved his caterpillar hair off his shoulders? What? Uh, you know that you do. You, you, do you know of the Andre Drummond hairy shoulders? 
Oh, I'm gonna throw up. What do you mean, Harry? He shoulders? had, he had, he has since gotten rid of it. But in the beginning of the year, his shoulders were like he had hair all over them. Like he has okay. hairy shoulders. So now he, now he doesn't. Have they're they're magically gone because Twitter made fun of him relentlessly. Man, did you I notice, can't. Alf? I'm disappointed. Oh, we talked about this because he is my brother in hairy shoulder and arms. Like that is there's a, there's a select few of us black men who. Who are are cursed with certain European genes, where we ha- we have excessive body hair, and Andre Drummond made me feel okay to be me, and now he went and betrayed all six of us. You can't even tell that there was anything there. It was amazing. Well, now I need to find out where he went, because <laughs> if he's gonna bail on this shit, why am I sticking to it? Because well, I mean, laser hair removal is very affordable now. You can get it on Groupon very, very, very. Easily. I don't trust anything on Groupon. I use Groupon all the time. I'm so scared of Groupon. I've had terror Why are you afraid of Groupon? Because I've bought Groupons and then go to the place and then they tell me we don't offer Groupons. And I was like, wait, what? Well, then you just call Groupon and they refund you. Listen, it might be worth it um, because I haven't worn a tank top since like 86. So I'm, I might be down for this. Because- Listen, laser hair removal works. I, I will tell you that. And it's cheap on Groupon. I I'll start a GoFundMe. I nared oh, once. He I, nared, I did a nair thing once, and I, I basically, like, I was going to Vegas, and I decided, like, dude, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, I want to wear tank tops and all that cool stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm a nair, and, like, I caught, like, one of the nastiest, weirdest rashes ever. And I was like, okay, this is just not the, this is not the business right so now. So you, you couldn't wear a tank top? Hmm? So you could not, not wear your tank top? I'm not shaved it. That's what I did, but like then it gets all itchy. And like, listen, I'm I'm too. I'm a form grown adult at this point. I'm not gonna go around scratching like a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next time that you run into this, you just need to wax. That's what it is. All right. Oh, listen, I'm not going through that pain. I'm, I'm thinking. It, I, I, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna insult Andre Drummond to the point he follows me. I'm gonna DM him and I'm gonna ask him, okay, what is the deal? Like, how did you do this? <laughs> It's like, listen, if he jumped off the ship, man, I'm, I'm not going to be the last one. I'm not going to be the last one holding this flag with a hairy shoulder. Like, this ain't right. And he'll be our special guest on the Heapy Podcast. Brothers in arms, <laughs> hairy shoulders. Joy, thank you so much for coming on with us. I don't know how to thank you. Uh, this has been very fun, and I really appreciate you taking out an hour t- to do this nonsense with us. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem. I miss Miami a lot. Uh, anytime. Uh, radio's not the same without you. Thanks, thanks. Amber hold it down there. Amber, Amber is really good, though. So at least we have Amber to fill the hole. Yes. Joy Taylor. Thank you so much.